Hi, and welcome to Joyful Projects, where we are going to explore the secret to real excellence when we're transforming our ideas into reality. I'm Paul Armstrong, and I've spent a lot of years figuring out what it really means to enable joy in work. And I am just loving the fact that we're going to share our insights here. Hey, my desire is to help those of you who have a responsibility to get a project done, to transform an idea into a reality. And and most likely, there's a team of you off to do that, what I call epic endeavor. Most of what I'm going to share is going to make sense to you. But there's some pretty cool twists. One, I'm not going to use the word manage. I kind of find it a little confusing, actually. That said, I am going to be probably building on or, or piggybacking on all those works that talk about how to do projects that usually do have that managed word in it. But here's twist number three. Twist number three is that in my search to understand joy and work, I didn't find the answer in the office. I found it while I was teaching Sunday school. It was right there in the beginning of both the Old and the New Testaments. So we're going to take Sunday's message and make it our basis for our Monday mission. I'm so excited to share this with you. I look forward to your feedback. Please subscribe so that you'll find out when I post the next episode. And if you want to learn more about me, Paul Armstrong, and joy and work, go to enablingjoy.com. That's all one word, enabling joy. So let's get moving. This is episode number two. Yes, there will be drama, but you're the movie director. So in episode one, we laid some foundation. We talked about how joy and work and being on that pursuit is actually going to save us a lot of energy. But the word joy is a type of happiness. So therefore, it does get confused under a lot of, I'll say, versions of happiness. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to distinguish between joy happiness and what I call pleasure happiness. And the reason we're going to make that distinction is Mother Teresa said that joy is strength. Well, that's kind of puzzling. Strength is something we need going into a task, isn't it? And then the more we do it, the more we build our strength. So it's like this reinforcing loop. So so that was kind of the first quote there. That was the first clue that joy happiness, pleasure happiness, two separate things. Sean Acor in his book talks about sustained happiness. It might be better defined as contentment. And, and that's really based on being at peace with our humanity and, and grateful for those external results that are the fruit of joy. Notice the joy was not the result. Joy, joy is the ingredient. So here's some, some cool ways to look at it. Pleasure happiness is winning the lottery. It's the result of winning the lottery. Joy happiness is that long-term strength whereby we we save a million dollars through good work and financial stewardship. Pleasure happiness is eating a great meal. It's the result of the meal. But joy happiness is the non-food ingredient that we put in when we're cooking and serving a meal to others. Pleasure happiness very often associated with vacation or vacating from what we normally do. Joy happiness, that's being engaged in what we do. 
That's being engaged. And that's kind of critical because we're going to talk about enabling joy and engaging excellence. And that engaging part is going to be helped by our enabling joy part. Joy, joy creates it. It contributes. It develops strength. It's the fruit of discipline. You know, pleasure, happiness, on the other hand, it, it relies on external events. It's, it's kind of passive. And it's only the fruit of obtaining temporary satisfaction. So I'm hoping that casts a little better perspective for you on what we're talking about when we're talking about joyful projects. We are not talking about balloons and rainbows. Not against balloons and rainbows. I love them. But that's not what we're talking about. So if you listen, the the initial part of this episode, the title is about the drama. The drama. That that always that kind of scary, isn't it? Drama. We don't so a lot of us immediately don't like drama, right? But here's the deal. Transforming your idea to a reality with a team of people, heck, that's gonna look like a great story. All great stories sort of have what's called a story arc to it. Where you start out like this, ooh la la, you know, the heroes, you know, thinking they're gonna be able to conquer the villain, and then then there's that thing that sort of tests everybody's metal. And then there's the part where they rebuild themselves and and then they're able to basically come to the happy ending. The hero vanquishes the enemy. You know, think about it in a romantic comedy. You know, initially there's a spark and there's the eyebrows going up, and then something happens that the couple's at odds with each other. And then most of the movie is about pulling that back together, right? And then <laughs> most romantic comedies end with the happily ever after part, right? Well, that's what your epic storyboard is going to be like. That is what taking an idea to a reality is going to be like. And the cool thing about that is that if we mentally prepare ourselves as the leader of that, then we sort of put ourselves in the seat of a movie director, don't we? Because a movie director does know how the movie's going to end. So they make sure that those beginning parts of the movie that are, are developing that plot, that they are going to contribute to the flow of the plot and ultimately come all together at the end. Now, when we think of projects, we're probably thinking of things like costs and schedules and budgets and manning plans and procurement plans and risk management plans, all all good stuff, all good stuff. But you know what? Those are sort of like the scenery. Those are sort of the backdrop. Those are sort of the car chases of the movie that they are kind of exciting. They are kind of necessary. Well, of course they're necessary, but they're not really the plot, are they? They're not really the plot. The, The car chase helps the plot, but it's not really the plot. It's not the, the human drama. So let's take a look. What do I mean by this? Well, when you first come together, part where the team has to kind of get to know each other, right? In common terms, it's called the forming stage. It's similar to in a romantic comedy when the boy and the girl have a spark, right? Everyone's kind of on good terms, like, hey, I'm glad you're here. Oh, you're from this department. Oh, you can do that. This is all great. And so there's this neat meeting and greeting part. And you're kind of on a high as a team. You know, oh, this is a great team. Look how well we're getting it along. And then you look at what you're going to do. It's, it's pretty exciting. You're going to create 
this reality from this idea. Wow, that's really cool. That's really cool. So, so you, you're moving along that path. Then you start getting into it. And not everything you planned is happening. <laughs> not everything that's happening was in the plan. So there's some tension building. And we're starting to get to know each other a lot better. We're starting to see strengths and weaknesses. There's some tension building. And you, you as the team leader, you, if you're not in the movie director's seat, you're getting a little nervous because you're thinking, oh, no, oh, no. And, you know, in romantic comedy terms, the, the boy and the girl are never going to get together. In the action movie, you know, the hero's never going to get the bad guy. You know, he's, he's being doomed by all these things the bad guy's throwing at him. But you're the movie director. So you're going to use this part of the drama, this part that is commonly called the storm phase. You're going to use that to strengthen your team. It's like you made some vessel, like the like the quote in the Bible about, you know, the potter's vessel. And, and But to make it strong, it's got to go in the fire, doesn't it? It's got to be fired to become a true earthen vessel. I have an engineering background, and the image that comes to my mind is, I have a nice piece of steel, but if I want to make it really amazing to stand up, I want to forge it. So I'm going to put it in heat. I'm going to bang the heck out of it. That's what the storm phase is going to do when you lead a project, a joyful project, because you're going to capture that moment and turn it into a trust-building opportunity. Because trust is built through the ability to have the hard conversations. Some people call it dialogue. Some people call it a healthy conflict. But because you know the outcome, that this is a natural phase, you're not going to beat yourself up and say, what did we do wrong? No, this is natural and it's good. It's good. You're going to build a team because now you're going to come out of that and you're going to be able to face things with with better teamwork. That's that's called the, the norming phase. The norming phase where you're kind of just in your stride there, right? You're in your stride. Now, you're get the team is working as a team, and that's awesome. And, and at that point, you're now looking ahead to getting better, getting better. And that's called the performing. And this is where the team is able to look at itself critically, like a champion athlete, like a professional musician, and take a look at the data and the metrics and say, how can we be better? What is this teaching us? Because now the team is able to challenge each other's assumptions and even get better toward the end. So all through there, you can see that this joyful approach, you're going to use what most people dread, that storm phase, and you're transforming it into a strength-building phase because joy is strength. Then you're going to take that norming phase, which you could go out with that one, but that'd be like a movie without a really cool ending. It'd just be like, oops, over. But you're going to use that to, again, build strength so you can get to this performing phase, which is really the super-duper ending. It's the, it's the exciting twist. It's the ability to really set the project on fire, to, to accomplish what you never thought you'd be able to accomplish. You're the movie director. So when you know this going in, that the team is going to go through this process and the project goes through that process, it's, it's one joint adventure here, right? You know that going in. So instead of dreading it, you're going to transform it. We need to keep that drama in mind because as we go through Joyful Projects, the Secrets of Real Excellence, the podcast, we're going to continue talking about the various components 
And then we're also going to talk about the, the epic adventure, the drama itself, this life cycle. And we are going to walk through that step by step. And we're going to look at what should we be keeping in mind so that we are leading a joyful project and therefore achieving real excellence. In the next episode, we are going to start a better deep dive on the components of joy. And what you'll be able to see is those components speak deeply to who we are as people. You'll also see that joy is the opposite of fear. Because when we look at what feeds joy, we're going to see that those, when they're not done, they're actually some of our biggest fears. So I'm looking forward to next time here on Joyful Projects, The Secret to Real Excellence. You take care. Bye-bye.